You're listening to Warwick Radio Online. The voice of Warwick, Rhode Island. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Warwick Life on Warwick Radio. My name is Scott Nerney. I grew up in Warwick and have been a homeowner for over 30 years in our lovely city. My goal with this podcast is to highlight what is special about Warwick and how you can get the most from our seaside community. This podcast is presented by the Varnum Military Museum, located just over the border in East Greenwich. Patrick and his staff have a fantastic museum. I must see a lot of information about Rhode Island residents, especially Warwick residents. Please, when you stop by, go on their Facebook page. Thank them for supporting our podcast. Our guests today are Nelson Taylor and Ben Keene. They are working on a cold case investigation of the disappearance of Kathy Luongo. We've invited them here to give a little high-level opinion of what they found so far, some initial details on the case, and hope that they can find some clues to lead them to solving this old cold case mystery. Welcome to the podcast, guys. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Um, Nelson, uh, let's a little background on yourself. My name is Nelson Taylor, and I live in Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, lived here for 23 years. Okay. Originally from Texas, and I have been a real estate broker um, for that long. Uh, prior to that, I was a freelance writer and fiction writer. Um, but then had kids and had to get a real job. All right. And Ben? I am a uh, lifelong Warwick resident. Uh, I grew up in the Gatsby uh, section of Warwick. I attended Aldridge Junior High School for junior high school, went to Pilgrim High School. Um, after high school, I went in the United States Coast Guard for four years, came back to Rhode Island. and um, Thank you for in- your service. Thank you. Got into the uh, restaurant industry, then made a uh, kind of a lateral move. I met my, my partner here at Nelson. And yeah, I've been a real estate broker with him since 2017. Okay. And how did you guys become involved in cold case investigations? So we were a handful of months into COVID. Uh, Nelson and I, again, are real estate brokers. And we worked together. And the real estate market had come to a halt. And we were not using our time wisely. So like so many, we were concerned about, uh, we were so, we're concerned about more than our incomes. Um, you know, in the state of the world was stressing us out. And... Over one of our uh, uh, midday cocktails uh, during that time, um, you know, Nelson had mentioned we should probably be doing something else to occupy our time. And I had just came forward and said, how would you feel about, you know, looking into a, uh, a cold case murder from, you know, my hometown? And, um, you know, it was kind of met with uh, optimism. But uh uh, eventually, I had, you know, proved to him that, you know, this was a case that wasn't, um, you couldn't Google this, you couldn't find, you know, for some reason, um, there was no information readily uh, at hand. So I think that's what grabbed him at first that, hey, this could be something a special because we'd be solving a murder, but b you know, we could do it together um, and start from scratch with something. So that's what um, got us into it. So uh, again, my mother and father um, were friends with um, the, the deceased Kathleen Longo uh, back in 1984 and for years before that. So, you know, I have a familial uh, tie to this situation. So, so a little um, personal interest and responsibility, you feel? Personal interest um, and definitely responsibility. Um, you know, they were good friends with David and Kathy Longo. Um, 
you know, there was a very strong brethren of friends back then. Um, you know, okay. my father was interviewed by the police when this happened, as long as the rest of the, uh, the group of friends. So, you know, just, you know, because of that, we had access to a lot of information, um, uh, and that no one else really had access to, or no one wanted to access to, uh, that we figured out. So, okay. um, so Nelson, uh, give us a little bit of the setting of when all of this transpired. We're talking 1984. We're talking 1984. We're talking uh, Warwick. Uh, Kathy and David lived in a small house on Hamilton Avenue, um, and like I said, uh, they were part of a, a you know a very tight knit group of friends that had all gone to middle school, high school. They all played softball together, did Gatsby Day parades together, et cetera, et cetera. Kathy was a little bit of an outsider of the group. She had gone to um, East Greenwich High School, uh, class of 1974. Um, but this happened in uh, May of 84. Um, Kathy and David had been married for two years. At the time, they had a two-year-old son at the time, and um, their relationship was rocky, you know, as told by their friends. Um, as told to the police, um, lots of arguments. Uh, there was, Kathy was in therapy, David refused to go to therapy. Um, and this all came to a head um, in mid-May of 1984. So Ben, when we're talking about this case and, and how people may be able to help, I mean, obviously, there's not the same technology that we have today. There aren't video cameras and traffic cameras and lots of things like that. People have moved on. But if someone's thinking 1984 in Warwick, and if they were here at that time, they've obviously heard a little bit about this case. We're looking to have people jog their memory that they may have been involved with these folks. Or you know, why don't you give us a high level of the crime as to, as to what you know, what the disappearance was, and, and how people might be able to trigger to be involved? Thank you. So, yeah, so I guess the elevator pitch of what happened and, and what we're really looking for out, out of, of this is that, you know, so May 18th, 1984, Kathy comes home after being at dinner. Um, she comes home and her, her husband have an argument where it is to believe that uh, she put, took her wedding ring off. She left and was not seen again until her car was found with her dead body in it that Sunday. So, you know, our timeline really starts that Friday evening when she comes home from dinner to when she's found on Sunday afternoon. So there's 48 hours there where, you know, she may have come into contact with somebody. She may have pulled into a parking lot somewhere, or a business. She had a, a, a Toyota hatchback blue and it had a vanity plate of her last name, Longo, in all capital letters. So I would find it, you know, those things stick out. Sure. So, you know, what we've been learning is that, you know, people have these suppressed memories from back then. And sometimes it just takes some, some talking or, you know, some other vantage points to come up with where those memories come loose. So again, that weekend, um, you know, we know that her car was seen multiple times, uh, that Saturday evening around Warwick city hall, so, um, and just to be clear, her, her car was found that Sunday in the uh, Warwick Public Safety Complex parking lot. It was parked 
on the third base line of Appenog Field. Uh, the police department had already moved at that time, so it was probably, you know, 50 yards away from City Hall and only about 20 feet away from the Warwick Fire Department. Um, so, you know, very risky place, obviously, to uh, drop a car with a dead body in it. Very peculiar place. So, again, yeah. if you're from, if you're listening to this podcast and you are a, a lifelong Warwick resident or any Warwick resident, you know that when you're driving around Warwick City Hall in the Appenog area, there are rotaries. Uh, and even back in 1984, it was just really one rotary and it was one way in and out. It's a very peculiar place to leave a car with a dead body in it. So it's almost like some place where I want them to find it and find right. it quickly. It's not a an abandoned road or a city park or someplace where it could be a week or two. Correct. So exactly. So when when you when you look at it and when you think about it, um, I, I find it very hard to believe that no one saw that car pull in or out of there that morning on Sunday. You know, and you may not even know that you should have been looking out for it. You know, you may not know that something even happened. Uh, you know, Facebook and Instagram and uh, the Providence Journal, there's more more outlets to get our voice out, and sometimes people don't see those. So we're hoping, you know, a larger audience can, can get someone to remember because the more people that we speak to that were of sound mind in 1984 um, most likely are not of sound mind today. Yeah. And sometimes when I ask those people five times on the sixth time, is when I get the answer that, I, that I, I've been looking for. And it's not a detriment to them or they're lying. It's just that these memories are so buried um, and they need, and no one's asked them these questions ever. Um, and it know. could be something as innocent as someone attending the Appenog softball game and took some pictures right. that would show the parking lot in the background right. with, you know, oh, I remember this because you could go back and look at who played those days, I'm sure there are, you know, there are scattered records to put right. together to say, this was Saturday afternoon, here's a picture, that car wasn't there, now all of a sudden you find something else and it right. is. So, and it was a busy you know, day, you know, yeah. Sundays are big softball days, so right. there was a crowd there at that time when the car was found. Yeah, okay. Yep. So guys, I know there's a lot more details of the case we're, we're not going to uncover on the podcast, but you have a lot of it put together. Where can people get more information well, so let me first say that also I wanted to give some information about uh, Kathy that might help jog sure. some people's information uh, uh, brains. Um, Kathy went to uh, East Greenwich High School, graduated in 74, as I said. She worked at both uh, the Rhode Island Hospital Trust Bank, yep. and she also worked for Bostitch. Okay. Um, so those are two places where people might know her. And she was also a, a seamstress. She was a seamstress. She uh, uh, volunteered for Weight Watchers. She tanned at Tantasia, and she went to the Holiday Health Gym um, during, the, during the early 80s. Okay. Um, certainly, um, if you have information, you can give us a call at 401-954-954. 3965. All calls will remain confidential. Also, we have all of the information on our Facebook page. Uh, the name of the Facebook page is Kathy Nicastro Luongo. Nicastro was her maiden name. And the Facebook page is facebook.com backslash Kathy Nicastro Luongo. And we'll put some links to the information and the phone number on our show notes as well. 
Well, guys, you know, I, I really want to thank you for coming in, giving us just, you know, just the tip of the iceberg on this case. Um, people who, you know, like Kathy, need someone to fight for them, even if it's decades later, to try to find the truth of what happened and, and what didn't happen. I know you've gotten some tips from recent publicity. Um, I hope this helps you some more to get the case out there in the light and also find some folks that you know, may have jogged a memory of, I remember that girl I worked with her and I happened to see her you know, just before she passed and didn't tell anyone or I did tell anyone, but you know, it may not have shown up or someone saw her Saturday or, or something like that. Um, you know, you're right, Ben, it, it could jog a memory of something that happened and you know, never got to the right person's ears. It's good to ask the right questions. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Thank you. Uh, thank you to Ben and Nelson for stopping in and spending some uh, time with Warwick Life. It's a great time to be in Warwick. Uh, it's a great time to help these guys out with their cold case. They would love to hear from you. Drop them a line if you have any information or any technology, pictures, thoughts, uh, any tips that could help them. They would love to hear from you. That wraps up another edition of Warwick Life on Warwick Radio. If you have any comments, content suggestions, or questions, drop us a line at warwicklife at gmail.com. Thank you to Tester Manuelian for our lead-in and closing music. She's a music major with an incredible career ahead of her. See you next time. You're listening to Warwick Radio Online. The voice of Warwick, Rhode Island.